Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I am talking about a topic that was requested by you, the listeners, which is postpartum rage and dysregulation within postpartum. There is so much healthy information out there now and conversations about postpartum depression, and this wasn't discussed many, many years ago. And so, It's awesome that we have moved the needle in terms of allowing it to be normal, allowing it to be okay, and allowing it to be a natural, honestly, part of having a baby. Now, I want to dive deeper, right? Because the questions I have gotten asked are postpartum rage and dysregulation, But in order to understand how we get to that place of postpartum rage and dysregulation, we have to take a step back in terms of how we've gotten to the place of that rage and dysregulation, right? So as I'm explaining this, I don't want this to take away from anyone who has struggled to get pregnant, anyone who had a baby and doesn't feel these things. I need you to know that your journey is your own journey and it is okay no matter what that journey is. No matter what. Okay. So my journey was having two preemies and having two preemies in the NICU. I was on bed rest with Charlie for six weeks. I, I got a surclage and I was stitched up with Eli at 12 weeks. That was the craziest thing of my life to have someone like stitching me up. Like the, it was nuts. Right. And then I hadn't, three weeks for both of them in the NICU. I was also an overproducer of milk. Charlie didn't latch. Eli did. I pumped almost 9,000 ounces by the time, and I had them frozen by the time I was done pumping. Like I was a cow. Like I, I have no idea whether I had postpartum rage or depression. Or, like I have no idea because I just kept going and I was in survival mode and I was wildly dysregulated. But like the rage, I'm not quite sure. I think I just kept masking and putting on a front of like, sure, it's totally fine. This is totally fine. And I think deep down, I was like, this is bad shit crazy. Like, this is fucking crazy. And if you don't think this is crazy, then you, hands down, were meant to be a mom. Like, hands down. Like, hands down, it was in your destiny. Somehow you knew. Maybe you're just a naturally regulated person, which, yes, those do exist. It's not just we're all dysregulated, but like, we all take care of ourselves in different ways. We all experience things in different ways. And so if you're a regulated person and you were regulated through that experience, for instance, my nanny Lolo, who was just on a podcast, we have talked about how she loved every moment. 
Like every moment, the second her kids came out, it wasn't that way for me. And that's okay. It is, it is all okay. But let's take a look at, again, at how we got there. So I often use this phrase, which of course I didn't make this phrase, but we all know this phrase. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage. We literally all have this thought of like, it's going to be the white picket fence. And maybe even if you didn't and you're shaking your head like, uh-uh, that wasn't me. Like I, I, like, I didn't like, whoop, here comes a baby. And like, that was not my plan or action. Like that didn't happen for me. But that was definitely the story within my own brain of like, aha, woohoo, this is how we do it. Like, woohoo, okay, got the guy. Okay, got the marriage. Ooh, that was a perfect marriage. Ooh, that was a perfect wedding and all the different things. And oh yeah, now it's time to have babies. Cool, let's go down the next step, right? And it's kind of like we take these steps and take these actions because society has told us like that is what your life should look like. You should get married. You should have babies. You should, right? You, you All the different things, right? And so most of us, a lot of us move through these actions and move through these steps and find a mate and, and do the whole shebang. And then all of a sudden you're crying on the couch with your nipples fucking leaking and you've got a baby in your arms and the baby is crying too. And you've got no one around you and there's laundry stacked high. You don't remember the last time you slept or showered. And you're like, what? what? Like, this is not the story that I pictured in my head of first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage. Like that's a little like cute rhyme. It just feels so like jolly and enjoyable. That vision of you crying on a couch with your nipples leaking and probably itching from yeast or all the different things, like that's not what we thought it would be. And most oftentimes we don't take into account the following. Okay. We do not take these things into account when we're sitting on the couch in a shit storm of tears with like your tears on the babies is number one, society has taught us that in the patriarchal view of society, and if you are in a heteronormative relationship, that the females are the caregivers. And so most of us set up the situation and we don't even recognize that we're doing this where we are taking care of our spouses. I sure as hell know that I did that. I found Jonathan love of my life. And I was like, I want like the nurturing side came out like big time, like big time. And I just, anything and everything I could do, I, I wanted to support him in that way, in that nurturing, loving way. Now, when we set up a situation like that, we, sh we have that dynamic, but then what the heck do you do when a baby comes out? Right? Like, the dynamic shifts in terms of I still had time to take care of my spouse and partner or support and love and care and nurture and all the things that you felt you wanted to do in your life, right? But you also still had the time to have peace and quiet. You also still had the time to nurture and take care of yourself, and when you have a crying baby in your arms or a vomiting baby off of a brand new thousand plus dollar of a rocking chair, like it, 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 like that hall went out the window. Like, like when do you get to regulate, right? You don't even know at that point what regulation is. I sure as heck didn't understand how to do it for myself at that time of my life either. And so what ends up happening is we have these expectations of, I've always wanted to be a parent 
But the true question is, do I really understand what that will look like when the baby finally comes out? Another area is I don't think that we as women really realize, please don't get angry at me for saying this, but it's the truth. Okay. So if you didn't feel like this, it's totally okay. But most of us don't realize that this is a form of grief. You are grieving your old life. And that is why that dysregulation and rage and sadness and postpartum depression, that is why it's all coming up. Because literally within a blink of an eye, you, your entire life has changed forever. Your entire life. And we do not take that enough into account in terms of it is understandable that I feel this way. It is understandable that I feel lost. It is understandable that I feel alone. It is understandable that I feel rage. It is understandable that I feel anger. It is understandable that I feel grief. Like there is a huge, if you haven't already heard, I've been through grief, like big, big grief. There is so much anger that comes up within grief. And so to place guilt and shame on yourself when that rage does come up, within that postpartum time frame, and there's no time frame to be quite honest, like however long it is, it is. It's not abnormal, but we are thinking that we should come out looking like the cutest little things with our, our headbands on and smiling little baby and smocked ugly shit and, you know, breastfeeding going really well. And we're, we're sleeping at night because they're the perfect little thing. And it's the cutest thing to wrap them up and the, this, like, this is hard. It's hard. It is hard. And yeah, this might sound pretty damn negative, but someone needs to hear it. Someone needs to be able to say, thank goodness you're normalizing this and I'm not alone. Thank goodness I'm not crazy because I got to tell you, most, most feel crazy. Most rip themselves to shreds feeling like I'm broken. I shouldn't be feeling this way. Why do I feel this way? Why can't I stop feeling this way? And what that's doing is just spiraling you into that depression. But if you have the awareness and understanding of why it's coming up, it's okay that it's coming up and it's totally normal that it's coming up, then you can say, okay, I knew this was going to come. Okay, I got this. Okay, this is totally natural. Okay, it's understandable. Okay. I can get through this. Got it. I'm allowed to have these feelings. And if you can see the difference between ripping yourself to shreds versus just accepting it, your mental health will go a lot longer in terms of a positive direction. Now, the other portion of why that rage and dysregulation is showing up is because you yourself might not even know how your brain ticks. You yourself might not even know if you're an avoider or a seeker or a very regulated human to begin with, or you're a highly sensitive person. Despite me doing this within my career at that point for probably eight years, now I've done this for, well, I don't remember how many years. I, I don't feel like calculating at the moment, but despite me going to school and then doing this with pediatrics for years and years, I still had not implemented all of this work onto myself. I learned how to regulate myself about five years ago when I really sold my business and took the time to figure out why it wasn't working in the pediatric setting. 
And I realize that it's because we as parents don't understand this enough to be able to support our children. If you have the lens of understanding, got it, I know that I'm an avoider, I know that I need tons of self-care, I know that I'm a seeker, I know sitting at home or being stuck or all the different things, like I need to get out, I know this, I know that, like I know how to set up my life, I know how to continue making sure that I get what I need for me, like having that knowledge beforehand would have been a game changer for me, game changer for me. So if you don't know how to regulate yourself or you don't even know on the sensory profile aspect of things of like what your brain looks like, do yourself a favor and at least do my battling burnout course because you'll get the sensory profile and you'll get to learn how your brain ticks and functions. And within that course, I teach you how to understand your results. So it's not just like you take it and you're like, what the heck is this? You'll take it, but you'll also understand the information that's being given to you. And that way you're equipped. You've got your toolkit. You're ready to go. The last piece of the equation that, again, I'm not sure most really think about and are like, aha, like, oh, right, is everyone has a birth story. Everyone. If you have a beautiful story, I think that's damn fantastic but it's still a damn story. You still just pushed a bowling ball out of your hoo-ha or you got cut open, your organs were moved around to get the bowling ball out of your hoo-ha in a different way, right? But you get the thing, you get the spiel, you get what I'm saying. Now, I want you to picture this. There's this mom who just had a baby, that baby, happened to have been early, about seven weeks early. She pushed for about three hours, three and a half. Her baby was eventually assisted with forceps, AKA salad tongs. Her placenta got stuck in the lining, which equals excruciating pain to get the placenta out. Prior to all of this, she had just been on bed rest for six weeks. So basically, she went through a marathon at the end of this restful six weeks where she probably only got up to go to the bathroom and that's about it, to try and keep her baby in. And then on top of that, because the baby would not come out, she ripped. How wonderful, right? So then she is going to visit her baby in the NICU, holding an ice chest full of pumped milk in the middle of the night that she pumped. And she looks like she has just been riding a horse. That may or may not have been me, but I can tell you that mom walked pretty damn slow for about a week or two, probably longer. Somehow, we do not take into account the battle, whether you have a beautiful birth story or not, the battle that your body goes through when you deliver a baby. I don't care if you have a C-section. Your body is healing from surgery. It's, it's literally as if we neglect and ignore all of that 
It didn't happen. It didn't exist. It's, it's fine. Let's keep going. Wait, how do I breastfeed? What are they supposed to? Oh, they just bit me. Oh gosh. Like, ow, now it's hurts. Oh, it's raw. And like, we literally forget, like we, we somehow just keep going. It is the first step in learning self-neglect. The moment we have children. Why? Because we're badass. Because we got this shit. Because we're hard ass women who could freaking do it all. So we just keep going. But it's not as if, you know, those like centers where it's like if you get like, I don't know, a tummy tuck or a lift or a this or oop, this and that, like there's centers that you can go away to and they'll just like care for you. Nurses will care for you. And then, oh, all of a sudden your bandages are off and you come. like, we don't all get that. It's like, oh, you take care of the baby. Like I'll go off to my little spa now and like rest and recoup. And, and then I'll see you when, when they're sleeping through the night. Bye. Like that's not what happens. We are forgetting the amount of effort it requires to deliver these humans. And we used to, like my mom, like my mom stayed in the hospital for a few more days than my sister and I did when we had kids. And not only at that, babies would stay in the nursery unless they needed to be fed. They would give you some time, but you were just as important as a patient as the baby. And it's literally like, we're doing home births. We're doing water births. We're doing doulas. We're doing midwives. We're, we're piecing out and signing out the day we have the baby. Like we're home and at it and going. And it's like, you're just supposed to get up out of the bed and keep going. You have to take that into consideration. When you have something like that, your body just doesn't recoup in a day. Heck, I didn't feel well two, three weeks ago. I was still feeling it last week. Again, I am so in tuned with my nervous system and regulation because that's what I eat, sleep, and breathe. But I know that my body takes time to recoup from whatever is going on. And I know that if I've had, let's say, an emotionally hard week, I know that maybe the next week, I'm not going to be zipping and zooming all around. My body might still be tired it might still be tired from the week prior. So when you think about pushing a baby out of your hoo-ha or getting cut open to have that baby, that's not just like a cold. That's not, it, it, that, that, that's big stuff. Like your body has been through big, 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 big stuff. Not to mention, think of how long it takes for down under to heal, right? Your body is slowly healing, but I don't believe that we really, really listen in and not just take care of the baby, but also listen in and take care of us. We're trying so hard to focus in on learning cues of our newborn and be like, who are you? What is this? Why are you doing? Oh, well, that poop looked like tar, like that we don't quite make ourselves a piece of the equation. And it's because, again, we know we can handle it. We know we can do it. We know we can push through. We know we're badass. We know we love our children. We, like, it's because you are that strong of a human. And if you've ever doubted yourself or if you've ever had struggled with self-worth or if you've ever struggled with confidence, 
if you are a parent and you've delivered a baby, you're badass. Like you can, you can wipe that clean because you're a success and a winner and a, and a awesome human in my eyes, because not many go into the stage of life, having a baby of delivering a baby and all the things, having this knowledge. I got to tell you, like I was, again, I've said it a few times this podcast, but like I was on bed rest. So like, I didn't get to go to all those classes. I didn't have a baby shower. Like I, like I, I, I was laying in a bed. I don't really think those classes would have helped. Like I don't, I don't. From what I've heard, I don't think they help. Knowing how to rest, take care of your body, give yourself what it needs, that's the ultimate parenting guide 101. That's what it should be. Understanding what you are going to need to recoup. If you've ever had surgery before, I've had knee surgery, I've had hip surgery, it takes time to recoup, Get even get your energy back. But we are not realizing that these are things that we are neglecting. And so that is why the rage is coming out because you're so exhausted. And that is why the dysregulation is coming out because you're living in a state of survival from the moment you start having contractions. I don't know. You're probably still in survival right now. Most of the women who come through my Thrive Like a Mother program, when they do the module on fight or flight, 99% of them, when we hop on the call that week, they're like, I had no idea. I've been living in survival for years. I had no idea. Like I had absolutely no idea. It was shock. It's shocking. Like it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's like, I'm so happy for them to learn and understand that information because power comes with knowledge and that knowledge helps you be able to move towards a different existence for yourself. So you're probably wondering now, okay, rage is normal. Dysregulation is normal. Thank you for explaining to me why, how, and bringing up the awareness of it's totally okay to feel those things, how to support yourself, how to do that, how to regulate yourself in a dysregulated portion of your life. There are many other podcasts that you can go to to learn what it looks like to regulate yourself. So I won't bore you with the specific details and go into that all over again. But what I will say is no matter what stage of parenthood you're in, I don't care if your child is two months old or if you have a 16-year-old. I don't care if you have a three-year-old who's tantruming in the background while you have these earbuds shoved in your ears trying to ignore that so you can listen to all of the miraculously magical, wonderful advice I I sit here and give every week, right? Like, I, I don't care what stage of parenthood you are in. Hear me when I say this. Being regulated matters. You matter. You matter just as much as your child. And I almost get emotional when saying this because if I wasn't regulated, And if I didn't make this a priority for myself and I didn't make sure that I knew how to regulate myself and give that to myself, it's honestly a gift. If I didn't give that to myself, I guarantee you my children would not be doing as well as they are in this current moment, losing their father two years ago. And I know that for a fact. This matters. You matter. Understanding this matters. It is the best and most important gift you could ever give yourself is learning how to respect, honor, and regulate 
your mental health, regulate your brain and give yourself the joy that you are so longing for. Give yourself that first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby and the baby care. It's like, why wouldn't you want to give yourself the best shot? Why wouldn't you want to give yourself the life that you've longed for? Might it take work? Might it take effort? Sure. But if you can push a bowling ball out your hoo-ha, you can learn this and you can do it. And when I say that you are so damn worthy of this, I, I believe that it's everyone's human right. It's absolutely everyone's human right to understand how the brain functions and how to regulate your nervous system and how your individual brain functions. It is a given right. It's mind blowing to me, like baffling to me. And I often go down a spiral of how do we have an education system that goes all the way through 12th grade and then on if you go to college without ever demanding that we understand how our engines run, what is under the hood. Like, how is that even possible? It's like giving my six-year-old the keys to my car and being like, that's the lock. But that's what we're doing. Like, that is literally what we're doing. That is how society works right now because not enough people understand the brain understands your individual brain and understands how to support that individual brain. And you know, deep, deep down, you are so worth it. You know that you're a badass. You know that you have conquered so much in your life to get to wherever you are in your life. And you can have this too. You can. So go get it finger snap. Go get that life. And with that, until next time, XOXO, Dr. V.